This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Double mailbag day. We are recording this on a Friday morning normally. We are recording on Thursday evenings when we're doing this. So thank you for listening to today's podcast. As I mentioned before, you can follow on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands, at LNDS Patterson. Let's go ahead and get to the questions. And I will tell you right now, we get a lot of questions when it comes to the offensive line. And we probably talked about them previously. And we probably talked about them two months ago, maybe even on Tuesday's podcast, but they still keep coming. So I'm going to keep bringing them up. Colonel Hude says, assuming Jonah wins the right tackle job, is he also the primary backup at left tackle? Brown went down. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. Do you think they'd move him back or limit the disruption and go to Jackson Carmen? Ooh, I mean, that's a good one. I haven't thought of that. In my mind, I think you flip Jonah over and let Lyle play right tackle if he's healthy. If it's before Lyle is healthy, though, I think that would be the thing. You just leave Jonah and you move Carmen over to left tackle. So that'll depend when he would get hurt. If it's like the first play of week one, you're probably leaving him and moving call, or moving Carmen over there. But if it's like week seven, uh, then I would flip Jonah. At least I would. I'd flip Jonah over and... um let Collins come in at right tackle because they should, both those guys should have chemistry still Collins played with Kappa last year. So that should still work out. And Jonah played with Volson last year. This would just be the offensive line from last year. If Orlando Brown goes down. So that's what I would do. Um, I, I don't think there's any scenario where I would flip Jonah. It could happen, but it's a low chance of happening. It's not something I would do. Flip Jonah to left tackle, let Karma come and play right tackle. And that would specifically be you think left tackle is much more valuable than right tackle. So you're going to flip those guys just so you have the blind side protector and then let Carmen play there. To me, it's more important that Carmen doesn't try to flip to right tackle. Uh, He played for the first time in his career at an okay level and it was at left tackle. So if he's going to play anywhere, it's at left tackle provided he loses the training camp battle to Jonah Williams. If he wins the training camp battle, that means he must be a pretty good right tackle. So (laughs) you uh, let him play. Yeah, we'll continue with the offensive line questions. Kyle says, if all three are healthy and playing at their highest level possible, who starts at right tackle? And what is the likelihood that we see this offense put up points relative to the 2007 Patriots team? 
I'm not going to comment on the 2007 Patriots part of this. <laughs> that, that offense was stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're talking fully healthy and they're playing up to their potential, there's a small chance. I mean, that Collins could get back to being a top five right tackle and that would be the best one. Do I think Collins can get there? I think that's dicey. I, I, I think it's a very small chance that Collins by week one is fully healthy. Even by week eight or something, just he looked a little broken last year and it, it kind of sucks to see. I don't think he was bad necessarily, but I think it's just, he couldn't hold up a lot of times and he would get to the right spot. He would block his guy, but then just his back would kind of, give out it looked like and he would fall down or dive at the guy rather than be able to sustain that block sustaining blocks was a huge issue for him last year so i think if they are fully healthy they are playing the max potential it's collins if collins is playing as good as he did last year and jonah's playing up to how he did two years ago at right tackle it's jonah and if you're talking about this scenario i don't we haven't seen carmen play at that level so that that would be a whole hypothesis about how good could Carmen be? Well, we haven't seen it, so I can't really comment too much on it. I'm going to continue with offensive line questions. Christopher Ball says, what is the percentage likelihood that Jonah Williams starts at right tackle week one? I mean, my percentage, I think he wins the job week one. Oh man. 75. Like I'm giving Carmen a shot. I'm not saying it's impossible for Carmen to steal that job. There's a lot of uncertainty with both guys moving to right tackle, but I think I feel more comfortable with Jonah moving there than I do Carmen just because he's played there. At least he played there in college. And I think Jonah's the better player. So that would be everything I think on that matter. The reason Carmen could win is a, you want a guy on a rookie contract to maybe win that right tackle job. So there is a chance that'd be a front office thought though. I don't think the coaching staff cares about that. They might care like, well, these this guy's probably here next year, but I even think they just want to win. So the coaching staff, uh, I've got like a 75% chance it's Jonah. I don't know. What, what do you feel? I'm a little higher. I would say 80. I was being a little conservative. I, my mind said 80, 85, but I was like, let's put it 75. It just... You know what? I'm going to go 85%. Um, All right. I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm probably, it's probably a little higher than that, but uh, to be completely honest with you, um, I, I truly do think Jonah Williams is going to put in the work when, when they get to training camp and then what he's able to do until he gets official clearance. Um, but everything looks really optimistic for his off season and how things are going. But yeah, I personally, I think he's, he's going to be the right tackle. The thing is, we, it, it, it does take patience. Goodness. We've talked to Duke Manyweather before. Who's one of the expert offensive line guys who I really enjoy having on. We'll try to get him on before the season starts. And it, it's hard to make that transition from right to left or from left to right. And that's what Jonah Williams is going to do. And it's been a minute since he's, he's been at right tackle. So I hate to say the word patience because I know how a lot of Bengals fans feel about Jonah Williams. And I don't think you can put patience and Jonah Williams in the same sentence right now. Cause I think a lot of people are like, move on, make a Jackson Carbon, give Lyle Collins the job. Um, I, I've, I want it to work out. If Jonah Williams is performing at a high level, this team is doing well. And I want that for Joe Burrow's protection and this offensive line as a whole in the offense. Um, so I think that I think he's going to be okay. 
I think it's going to be fine. I, I would put in the average category, and if he can be average, that will suffice for the season and stay healthy. So I'm at 85%, uh, but we'll go ahead and go to Eric because he says if Jonah wins the right tackle job, is there any way we keep Elsie? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, um, I think that would be, one, the injury settlement. I don't think they want to pay it. Mm -hmm. They would rather keep him on the roster, let him get healthy, everything like that. If he is healthy enough and he just loses that week one battle, I still feel like they might keep him because it's as we've talked a lot about, what are you spending the money on at this point, really? Like, what what is out there that you need to shed $8 million and mm -hmm. save that money because in theory this makes a lot of sense you you cut lc because he's not starting why do you want eight million dollars on your bench or however much he costs i think it's eight but why do you let, want that on your bench i fully understand that it's the same thing when we talk about joe mixon same thing we talk about jonah williams like these are big contracts that these guys people are thinking these guys won't perform up to the level of those contracts. And one of jonah or lyle will not perform up to the level of the contract just because they'll be a backup um mm -hmm. so then it becomes like cut them, trade them, and then we get the money. It's like okay, but what are we using the money on? Because if if the Bengals wanted Dalton Risner, they would they would get him. If they wanted Ezekiel Elliott, they would go get him because they have cap space now. Um, I've always thought these moves, like a uh, Joe Mixon pay cut, could happen in conjunction with a move, but they're not going to do it just to do it. And that's where I've stood on a lot of these contract things. Is just it's going to be mismanagement of cap. And you have to understand that, but there's no, there's more value in having Lel Collins than there is in not having him. So you have to find something that offsets that value. Like even Lel Collins as your backup. I mean, doesn't it sound pretty cool to have him come in as a sixth offensive lineman that Hakeem Adenogy was last year? You know, instead of Adenogy, it's Collins coming in as your sixth guy. That sounds pretty sick to me. I mean, that's a lot of movement. So uh, that that's everything I think on that front i think you've been a little bit more proactive with the possibility that they try to save a little bit of money though so what are your thoughts i honestly think um they keep lyle collins i think the biggest thing right now is there's a couple reasons we've talked about it so many times on this podcast but the afc championship game alone um injuries can happen on your offensive mm -hmm. line and imagine having lyle collins as an option if you needed to go to lyle collins and the Who thing can play about, guard too yeah and the thing <laughs> about last year is you he he kind of he was playing injured the majority of the season mm -hmm. and then he gets the injury on christmas eve and i just feel like it, giving lyle collins time to just get ready for the season get ready maybe he wouldn't hopefully you don't even need him in september october because your offensive line is healthy but having that option as a healthy lyle collins who can get back in shape and feel really good from his injury and get cleared and you have that option if you need to go to it i think would be wonderful and this team was an offensive line piece away from a lombardi in 2021 and you can say last year 
making another trip back to the Super Bowl. So that's huge. And I think in, in their mindset and, and obviously they're probably having a conversation with Joe Burrow. And he's like, mm, look, I probably should keep this guy. Probably should keep this guy as, a, as an option because, yeah, as an added bodyguard. So I, I honestly think I agree with you. What's the eight million? You know, you have it in the books. You even when they, they signed Orlando Brown, they're doing the math. They know where they stand with everything, um, even with the Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, maybe Logan Wilson contract extensions um, happening in the future. I think it's really important, honestly. And, and if you were to ask me that early on in the offseason, I'd say, oh, you probably should move on, save some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonah Williams is going to be there. But now I'm uh, I'm kind of leaning towards I think the best option for the team overall is to have that insurance plan with Lyle Collins and you're not rushing him back. So, yeah. I actually think that he's going to be on the roster. And I think that's a really, really, really smart move. Yeah. Um, the one one more thing on that is just the Bengals finally get high quality depth at offensive line. And it feels like people want to get rid of it. It's like, well, that's a lot of money. It's like, well, yeah, getting starting level offensive linemen costs a lot of money. Yeah, it, it does. It does. But is it, it is it worth it to when you have a roster that has the most depth? I think depth has been a conversation this week with the team. Even Zach Taylor mentioned it yesterday, feeling like this is the most depth they've had on this team since he's been in Cincinnati. So it would be for Joe Burrow's career, too. You could look at the offensive side, the defensive side. Um, and I just I think that's important, especially when you've just been so close to it all um, and, and back to back years and you're returning the majority of these people going into 2023 that that's extremely important and really Lyle Collins just seems to be behind the scenes with the social media videos with the team um you can see them in the locker room joking with Orlando Brown when they're all going to batting practice at the you know the Cincinnati Reds batting practice they're all together and it just feels like yeah that chemistry connection is extremely important for an offensive line and a team as a whole so I say keep Lyle Collins on the roster and it's just a really good option. I'm not joking when I say we have more offensive line questions. Then we'll move on to another topic, but we'll finish out this first mailbag with another one. Bill says, does the addition of Orlando Brown take this offense to the fast lane and they average around 30 points a game? I have to look up how many teams averaged 30 points a game last year. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I, I think it gets better. I think obviously... You know, when every time you add a guy like that to your offense, you know, you you add a people mover, um, a better pass protector, just a, an overall upgrade at left tackle. And then your right tackle gets upgraded by means of, well, now you've got what was a better offensive lineman flipped over. And if he can continue that play on the right side, then he'll be even better over there. Here's the issue with the whole 30 point per game thing. Nobody scored 30 points a game last year. Zero teams. The Chiefs led the league at 29.2. So I know 30 is just kind of like an arbitrary benchmark because it's an even 30 rather, you know, you think of an even 10s or an even 5s. But can they average 28 points per game, which they did not do last year? That, I think, is more doable. Um, I don't know, I'd have to look at what the 07 Patriots averaged. So, but anyway, the Bengals last year averaged 26.1. And if you bump that up to 28.1, that's tied with the Eagles for the third most in the league. And like I said, the Chiefs led the league. It was at 29.2. So I think 30 is a little unattainable. It's just not that it's impossible because, you know, one point away, what's the difference? But I think that's a very, very high goal. Like that would be saying, do you think it's the same as asking, do you think the Bengals average more points than any team last year? And then that answer, I feel like, turns into a very big like, well, 
Maybe, pro- probably not. <laughs> but can they average 30 points a game? Yeah, I've seen them score 30 plus. <laughs> I do feel like they left a lot of points off the board. Yeah, sure. I mean, every team can say that. That's yeah. such a cliche football thing to say. You left, you left, a, you left a, a touchdown off the board. You know, they had to kick your field goal and said left an extra point off the board. That's for sure. Um, but, um, but uh, you know, plenty more offensive line questions. There's one more I do want to get to on our next segment. We're going to get to it. It is Orlando Brown related, and then we're going to move on to your other questions when it comes to the mailbag. Thank you so much, everyone, for sending those. Again, follow along, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. And we'll have more from the doubleheader mailbag on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati next.